Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Pioneering Latina public radio journalist Maria E. Martin died December 2nd. Her legacy includes founding Latino USA and training indigenous journalists in Central America. Martin believed in elevating the voices of Latinos and having them tell their own stories outside of the established whitewashed narrative. Before her death, Martin had started training journalists in San Antonio at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. The first session encouraged participants to write personal essays. The second session was underway when Martin died. We're joined today by some of the students mentored by Maria Martin in those classes. Graciela Sanchez is the director of the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. Iman Saliba is the public relations coordinator at the Esperanza. Deborah Ponce is a climate justice organizer with the nonprofit consumer advocacy organization Public Citizen. And Angel Cantu is a former staff member with the Esperanza. She can only stay for the first few minutes of the interview. Graciela Sanchez explains how the Esperanza began this very special relationship with Maria Martin. Back in September of 2022, the Esperanza was honored to host a plática with her as she presented her book that had been published in 2020 and through COVID had been delayed. Mm-hmm. We uh, at the Esperanza for a few years have had access to a low-power radio program called Radio Esperanza. Knowing Maria's history in radio, I just quickly approached her and explained the project of the Esperanza's radio project and wondered if she could support and help us out in some way. And her head started rolling. (laughs) And so she wrote back from Guatemala, which is where she was living, and proposed that she could give some classes to folks in San Antonio and basically help us build this Radio Esperanza. So uh, she started in the spring of 2023 and was working with us through the fall of 2023 when she passed away. Well, Angel, can you explain how you heard of this journalism training by Maria Martin and what encouraged you to want to sign on? What is it that you wanted to find? What was it that you wanted to learn? Yeah, so I was actually on staff at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, and I had obviously worked closely with Iman and Graciela, and um, we were looking for different community folks to get involved. And then it was actually Graciela who like really encouraged me to like explore taking the class because I didn't have a particular interest in radio at first, um, but also like recognize the power that it had, and so. I honestly didn't, like, know what to expect, mainly because I, like, had no prior knowledge of, one, the amount of labor that goes into producing, like, a story for the ears, not necessarily for the eyes or, like, you know, when you're reading, it's such a different style of storytelling. And so I didn't have, like, much expectations, but I think with the first class, Maria shared a lot about, like, herself and, like, how she came into producing radio work and then it was either the first or second class but she had a student in one of the other radio classes that she taught he was like a former prison inmate and had like kind of started taking classes and just writing while serving time and then 
took a class with her and another like radio personality or journalist and I just heard it and was like whoa like this is like really something that I could one like use as a tool to share people's stories but also just seeing the the love that she had for radio and her ability to teach yeah just really was something that I will always cherish can I ask how old you are Angel yeah I'm 24 so you're still young you were saying that you you know you're sort of looking to find your path do you think that these classes are sort of narrowing that focus of maybe how you want to focus your career, your future career? Yeah, I think, yes, the classes, of course, but also um, when Maria came to town, I like was kind of going through like lots of things in my personal life. And she like was able to like, one, like witness that and also like hold space for me to like explore that through classes. And so I think... Yes, like 100%. It's definitely, like, empowered me. I don't know if, like, radio necessarily is the form that I want to continue writing through, but I think that it definitely empowered me to know that it's, like, a possibility and that I have the capability and the power to do anything that I want to do. Maria definitely was an influence in that for me. Well, Angel, I know that you're going to have to go here soon, but thank you for sharing those memories with us. Now, Deborah, you and I were, were chatting, and you, like me, I think we're probably around the same age. You know, we, we, we wanted to get into radio to become DJs, and you were sort of sharing this story. You could share that as well about, you know, why and how that dream never really was fulfilled and this opportunity arose. So instead of sort of giving away the plot, tell us a little bit about uh, how you sort of found your way on track back again with Maria Martin. The way I found my way back on track is I'm a big follower of um, the Esperanza Center and all the good work that they do. I've been a community organizer going on 10 years now, probably a little longer, but I mean, officially. And so when I saw the opportunity presented, if you were interested in, in doing the storytelling, broadcasting, um, that you could apply, I thought it would be a great way to revisit what I started in college all those years ago, because that's where my heart lied um, when I first started in college. I ended up going a different path, but I'd always wanted to be on radio or on TV, speaking and sharing stories. And so what was it that you picked up in these particular sessions with Maria Martin. Um, what kind of expectations did you have going into these classes and what did you come out of with them? I didn't know what to expect because everything's changed. I mean, back in the day when I was taking the college classes, used to splice everything together. And I mean, they still had records and um, little studios and things. And so I knew Things had evolved, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Of course, I read her bio, and I was extremely happy of all of her work in Guatemala because I was an immigration organizer um, prior to the, my current role. And so I guess I wasn't expecting anything, but when I went there, it was really nice. It was an, an opportunity to tell a story that was important to me, and then she was really great at helping you tell the story in a way that was quick, to the point, and effective. And I needed that because I, I'm pretty long-winded. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that she would always say, less is more, less is more. And um, it's actually taught me a lot. 
in other areas of my work. Well, Iman, you reach out to me all the time with you know, what's happening at the Esperanza. So you you kind of have sort of that inside view of everything that's happening there. You're the one who who releases all the information to the media as well. And so you also took part in these classes. And I'm I'm wondering if you could maybe give us sort of that insider's view of being a part of those classes that you likely helped organize. Yeah. So. You know, I started meeting with her on a weekly basis and via Zoom. And then, of course, I got to see her in person when she came. And then um, I got a preview of what the classes were going to look like before um, because, you know, I was helping her send information out to the other participants of the class. I'm a longtime uh, NPR, CPR listener, so... My sister and I always listened to Latino USA, you know, after Maria had, was not doing it. But we knew that Maria Martin founded the show. And as immigrants to this country and not being, we loved listening to the show. And I knew Maria was the only one that founded that show. So when she had the platica for her book here, it was so exciting for me to meet her in person. You know, it was like meeting um, a celebrity for me. Just to have her be available to us to teach us and give us of herself and of the wealth of knowledge that she has had was something very empowering for me. And, you know, we want Radio Esperanza to develop more and have our own show. So it's very exciting on a professional level and also on a personal level uh, to have somebody who is, you know, Arab-American that might be able to share stories from our culture or from our experiences that don't really get a lot of airtime or, you know, a lot of opportunities. So it was very exciting for me. And and that was something that I know she was passionate about of uplifting those voices because um, here on yeah. on this program, she had talked to us in the past about really struggling to get NPR's interest in reports coming out of Central America and Guatemala and the the training that she was doing for mainly indigenous young reporters who would be reporting on the events happening in in their own country and their own villages and Graciela I know you've also were were part of these classes that she took I know there were two separate occasions unfortunately she was not able to finish the second one. What was it that you felt you might have learned about Maria Martin in these particular sessions and having worked with her these last couple of years? I think national or international uh, individuals like herself, who many of us have learned and known about, tend to have an ego associated with them. Maria was a very humble, humble individual. Every time I introduced her, I introduced her as, you know, the creator, the visionary behind Latino USA. But she never introduced herself that way. She was just, you know, I'm here, I'm going to teach, and I love people, and I love the power of radio and alternative media and progressive alternative media. And I have these tools to share, and how can I share them? I knew that as the director of the Esperanza, I wasn't going to be able to be a hundred percent focused, but I think I attended every single class, so I'm not going to say I wasn't. But I did say, "Can I audit your class <laughs> <laughs> so that I could just get a 
freebie uh, <laughs> and, and, and work with her, right? I just didn't feel that I should lose that opportunity. There's so much more that all of us had to learn, and she was just getting started. But she could see, I mean, here she was in Guatemala. She had been in Bolivia. She had been all over the Americas and in the U.S. training, basically working class and working poor, Latinos, indigenous communities, Asian, Arab, whoever was wanting and, and desiring that. And I think, you know, for the Esperanza, we found her returning back in an opportune time for us, right? Because we had this low-power radio program that we didn't have 10 years ago or 15 years ago or even, you know, I guess five years ago. And we also had some funding. So it was, can you come and we can pay you, Maria, and we can pay you (laughs) and you determine what it is, right? So we weren't going to scale back and ask her for whatever she could give us for nothing. We, I think we were helping her even be in a healthier place for herself because, as she said, yes, trying to get NPR to run a, a story that she had produced, that meant if it ran, she got paid. If it didn't run, she also didn't get money for that, and she needed to survive. And so these really important stories were being created by her, but, it, again, it's a different story if they run on any station. And so I think the Esperanza, again, was offering her that opportunity to teach, but also to get paid while teaching the folk of San Antonio. We're talking today with four of Maria Martin's former mentees at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center in San Antonio. They were all receiving journalistic training by the Latina public radio pioneer when she died December 2nd. You just heard from Graciela Sanchez, director of the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. We're also talking to Iman Saliba, public relations coordinator at the Esperanza, Deborah Ponce, a climate justice organizer with Public Citizen, and with Angel Cantu, a former staff member with the Esperanza. When we come back, Maria Martin's former students say her influence will long continue to be felt among the journalists she trained. And she's giving them the tools to share their own stories in their own land for their own people. And that is going to just create, you know, the first person creates another person, creates another person. What she started is going to be huge. It's going to live beyond Maria. Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Pioneering Latina public radio journalist Maria Martin left behind a legacy of Latino and Latina journalists that she either influenced or directly trained. She founded the Gracias Vida Center for Media in Guatemala. She trained indigenous journalists there. She also trained fledgling journalists of all ages at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, a cultural organization that advocates for preserving the history of San Antonio's primarily Mexican-American West Side. Today, we're joined by three of those trainees, Graciela Sanchez, Deborah Ponce, and Iman Saliba, who joined us via Zoom. Maria Martin had completed teaching one course and had started her second when she died. Saliba reflects on what was left unfinished after Martin's unexpected death. Yeah, I keep on going back and looking at the text between me and her. So we, we were meeting weekly. The second set of classes, I wasn't able to attend 
sadly and unfortunately, because they're on Saturdays and we happen to have events on Saturdays. It's hard to do both for me. So I really didn't attend any of the classes. We were meeting every Tuesday in the afternoon and she texted me and she said that she wasn't feeling well. And can we postpone? And I said, yes, of course, you know, what's going on? And she said she had gotten the COVID booster and she thought maybe that's what's making her sick. You know, then that went from, I'm feeling so bad that I need to see a doctor. So I made an, um, one of those telehealth appointments. And then, you know, of course I kept on checking on her and then she was in Austin at the time. She wasn't in San Antonio anymore. And then um, she texted me one day and she said, I'm in the hospital, I'm in the ER, pray for me. And I said, oh my God, what's going on? And it turned out that she had a blockage in her intestines. And then she told me, Iman, I'm being admitted. So she was kind of updating me throughout the day as to what's happening with her while she was in the hospital. And then that was the last text I got that she was being admitted. I was calling her cell phone. I didn't, I wasn't getting an answer. She luckily she had told me which hospital she's in in Austin. So I called the hospital, gave her name. They connected me to the room and I was able to speak to her one time because the other times no one answered. And she told me that she was in a lot of pain and she's not sure what's going to happen. And then from then she ended up having, uh, you know, an emergency operation. I didn't know. The last thing I talked to her was, you know, I'm just in a lot of pain, but they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then Graciela called me one night, around nine, I think, or ten. I answered because I said something has to be uh, wrong for Graciela to be calling me at that time. And she told me that uh, her friends from Boston got a hold of Graciela and told her that she wasn't doing well. Um, she was in the ICU. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I feel a lot of uh, regret and sadness that, you know, we can't finish what we have planned. And she had gone to the grassroots radio conference in West Virginia uh, back in October. And she came back so excited and so full of hope and all these plans. And she would tell me how all this reminds her of her first days in the radio. And her excitement gave me excitement <laughs> because sometimes I would even think that like, I should be just as excited, you know, when I wasn't always have a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. But her excitement, her willfulness, her her strength, her, her humbleness, everything about her. And, you know, and I would go back to thinking, you know, this is Maria Martin who's <laughs> doing this and helping us, you know, steer Radio Esperanza and develop, you know, and get accomplish what we want for so, you know, the first uh, set of training classes, she had us all, which I participated in, she had us do personal stories. And then this one was interviewing, you know, you know conducting an interview. And you know, sadly, that's not going to be finished. I feel like it was such a sudden loss that no one was expecting. And so what exactly were you working on, Iman, in her class? A personal audio essay. So each one of us uh, wrote something and she recorded us and produced the. And we have those. She sent those to me at the time. And we had a platica with her in April. 
she played some of the stories that she had recorded. Something that was about me visiting home after being in the States for five years and not seeing my family. And I love it. And that's what her help that I have done. And so, Deborah, what were you working on in Maria's class, that project that will be unfinished? The last one, I interviewed my uh, parents. My parents were part of the Jim Crow era. My parents uh, were picking vegetables in the fields uh, for money for their families. And they experienced the moment when the government came and said, children can't work anymore. And they have to go to school. They were expected to be there on Monday. My mom's told me the story over and over many (laughs) years. And my mom's 86. My dad's 90. And all of these civil rights reversals were happening all over Texas and the U.S. And it just made me want to tell that story. Just I was hoping to remind people these changes are going to undo great things that happened in the past. And um, my mom, I recorded her, you know, saying when, what it felt like when these people in uniform showed up, they were all separated from their parents, and the parents had to talk to these people. They didn't know what to expect. And then my mom had to go to school for the first time. Um, well, she had been going to school like in the winter. That's all they did. But now they had to go to school all the time. And so they told some of those stories. It was pretty interesting. So stories that, that you've story heard out. for so long, you were still learning something new. Yeah. You know, they they, they told stories about being in a bus, and um, they would show up with their tacos, you know. <laughs> and the um, white kids had peanut butter sandwiches. And I my mom loves peanut butter to this day. I mean, she'll just <laughs> eat it out of the jar. And so they would switch. And my mom says, oh, they had the best sandwiches. And they liked our tacos, so we'd switch. And, and it was just, it was nice to hear all these, you know, stories or real um, of their experiences. And um, she was helping me put it together. So, Graciela, I mean, what what is going to happen with, with these projects? I don't know if you have any input on what might happen with those, if they're going to go into some sort of an archive or if Radio Esperanza has an idea of to hopefully put them together, whether unfinished or not. I think Maria was trying to form this advisory committee that included Julio Cesar and Alfredo Cruz and Mark Menjivar and some folks, some engineers in California and some other folks in Austin. So, I mean, she was kind of building up the capacity and thinking big for Radio Esperanza. So I think we're going to reach out to some of these folks to see how they can help this last uh, group uh, pull together and finish up those projects. And then, yeah, and then we hope to Maybe you, Norma, can help out <laughs> as if you have time. But, <laughs> but um, you know, and then put them on our radio program because that's the idea that the stories of Debbie, of Iman, of Angel, of the many, many, many stories that you through Fronteras are able to just cover a little bit. And without Fronteras, we wouldn't even hear so many of these stories. And there's so many more to be done. And so... Radio Esperanza will continue. We'll just have to find other teachers that can offer that. And anybody listening there with the skills and the 
social justice values and vision, please give us a call and we'll get you supporting and helping us out. But I think, you know, the work that is currently in flux, we'll, we'll hope to get it done and, and not in the radio again. Because I, th- I think probably her biggest legacy, this is my opinion, is that training of journalists. Whenever I would speak to her on this program, that seemed to be what she focused on the most, that and the plight of journalists in Central America and the dangers of democracy in in those areas. But the training of the journalists was so vital in getting out that news. And I think that Radio Esperanza and the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center here in San Antonio, I think they're a part of that legacy. And I don't see how it can't be. You know, being an immigration rights um, organizer for three years with Raices, it was one of the largest immigration rights groups in the nation. And I had the privilege of meeting people that were going through just the struggle of coming to America, staying here. And the one thing that I learned over the years that we've all learned is that a lot of people, when they come from other countries, it's not like America. They're not taught to speak their mind and to, you know, say, I have the right to speak and to share my story. You're taught to be seen and be silent. And you're taught that your voice is going to make things worse for you. So if you don't be quiet, then you're going to even have a worse life. And so we had this discussion. I had a discussion with Maria. And it was so powerful to me because she's taking people in their country still that are still with that that mentality of I have to obey and I can't speak out. And she's giving them power to speak for themselves. The worst thing ever is for all of us to be speaking for them. And she's giving them the tools to share their own stories in their own land for their own people. And that is going to just create, you know, the first person creates another person, creates another person. What she started is going to be huge. It's going to live beyond Maria. And so for me, I my respect for her was like immense, just knowing that about her. And you, you shared something with us on email when we were arranging this interview about what we think is now Maria Martin's final interview. Can you tell us that story? Sure. Um, myself and, and Claudia, another student, um, we were uh, learning how to use the system to to put our, our sound together. It's a really hard system. <laughs> and um, we were in class, and Azul was preparing for a performance later that night. And, and we need to point out, this is Azul Barrientos, who is a, a singer here in San Antonio, born in Mexico City. And um, a lot of her songs are based on the traditional songs of Mexico and um, beautiful voice. But uh, go ahead and carry on. She's an artist. I yes. mean, so I, I was waiting my turn. Um, Claudia was getting her teaching. I arrived early. And I was just overtaken by her her new music and swaying back and forth. And then after um, we had our class, uh, Maria said, well, stay. I'm going to interview Azul. And um, I want you to come with me. I want you to watch what I'm doing so you can learn how to interview a person. I said, okay. I was like, 
Maria Martin, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, I went back there. Whatever she told me to do, I did. I set up the chair. She told me where to go. She had scouted out the area. And she interviewed Azul. And I'm sitting there and I'm taking notes and, and I'm watching how she's asking the questions. And and I'm hearing this great story. And so it's over. And then we go back to finish my training. Anyway, so while we were there, we, we it was later in the afternoon. We were having a snack. She sat with us, Azul did. And uh, she says, I saw you dancing. And I said, yeah, I was, that was me. <laughs> I said, but it was so beautiful. I said, it was like, circ- I go to these women's circles and and I, it's really healed me over this last year. It's really changed my life. And she goes, I do circles. And I said, you do? She goes, yes, in Chicago, everywhere. And then so Maria goes and she goes, do you do them here? And she goes, you know, I've never done one here in San Antonio. And so... Uh, Maria starts planning a circle right in front of, like, the three of us. She says, well, would you consider doing one? I'm still here until the 17th. And she goes, um, do you have any availability? And Azul goes, you know what? I don't know. Let me look. And she's looking on her calendar. She's like, it's iffy. I don't know. I have to check with some people. I'll get back to you. So she goes, well, Deborah, give her your number. At the time, um, the Palestine situation had exploded. And all of the pictures were coming out. We were dealing with trees, an entire forest being cut down in the middle of San Antonio. Then the abortion law. I mean, there was just so many things. It was a really toxic time. And she's like, this this city needs healing. If you could get together and put together healing. And she goes, like a big one. I mean, invite everybody. You know, the people for Palestine, against Palestine. And put them together with the music and she says, you, you could probably make change. I don't know what her words were. I can't think of it right now. Um, but it was it was beautiful the way she was explaining it. And Azul was like, yes, I want to do it. And so um, we almost got it done. We were going to talk about it when she came back from Austin. And then, of course, she got sick. Well, and Iman, do you, do you foresee that maybe this circle, this giant circle, might be perhaps something that the Esperanza might plan in the future, maybe as a memorial to Maria Martin? I honestly didn't know about this. This is when I read Debbie's email is when I found out about it. Yeah, and I'm hearing that definitely at a national level, everybody's trying to figure out ways to honor Maria Martin. Um, So they're talking about something here in San Antonio or Austin, or if it's a traveling moment. But this would be at least the way San Antonio and the Esperanza could help honor her vision, for sure. Yeah. And, and just sort of an aside, I, I almost think it's an irony. We're hearing so much about Maria Martin and sort of elevating her voice, but yet she she tried so hard to get her voice heard. And I know, Graciela, that that parallels a lot of your struggles as well. <laughs> right. And, and when Debbie talks about, you know, you know, how people in Central America are – Latin America are struggling to get their voice. It, you know, that sounded just like the description of San Antonio. You know, <laughs> so many people wanting to put out our stories. And, you know, we have no more newspapers, essentially. You know, thank goodness, again, we have your program and a few others at TPR. But it's TV doesn't exist for us, you know, unless it's crimes <laughs> and <laughs> traffic accidents, there's really no local story. So we have to create our own media 
And I think that was the genius of Maria, that it, was, it wasn't just her own voice that needed to be out there, but she was trying to share those seeds, the granito de arena, you know, just the, putting her granito de arena that was going to just grow it, grow it, grow, as Debbie was mentioning. Does anybody have any final words, any other memories to share about Maria Martin? Of course, her professional life is what comes to everybody's mind, but people that knew her, and I feel so, um, you know, lucky that I got to know her. It's only a year, but or even less than a year, but um, being on an email thread with her friends that were in Austin and outside of Austin, she knew so many people for so long, and I just her kindness and her sincerity. Uh, every time we met throughout that period, my mom had COVID, you know, when I was 83, and she asked me about her bypass. She would ask me, how's your mom doing? She told me that she has a, a candle lit for my mom on her altar in her house in Guatemala. And she barely knew me, you know, and she's, she was just this kind, loving, caring person on top of being this badass, can I say that? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Journalist and just such an accomplished person. And yeah, on a personal level, she was just amazing. And, and I think all of us can say that we really didn't know her that long. I think the first time I spoke to her was in 2020. But again, she makes such a huge impact. Like you were saying, Graciela, she's not a big personality, but she she has a sort of vibe that it's almost like a warming embrace that she has when she sees you. Yeah, I mean, she was, you know, just an hour and a half away when, you know, she helped start Latino USA yeah. from Austin. Like, <laughs> the stories would be more interesting if they were coming from San Antonio. <laughs> so I had met her many, many, many years ago. But, yeah, the day-to-day, the ongoing questions and challenges that we were having, that was just as Iman said, just the last year. But it was for her, her livelihood. It was more than 50 years that she did this work. And again, in her humbleness, just to know that it was important to help bring it to San Antonio and, and give voice to our community and give us the tools that she didn't feel that it was below her. If anything else, again, it was like, I'm going to go and represent you at the you know, at the radio conference in West Virginia, and I'm going to pull this together for, you know, just to make and move it forward quickly. And and so, again, it was just always thinking of those stories that have yet to be told. And it's a revolutionary act. And many revolutions have been made through, through radio in many, many countries. So we hope to do a lot of community education through these stories and validate the stories that haven't been heard, and that really is a revolutionary thing to do. I remember she once called me. She had been trying to work with TPR on a podcast about sort of bringing light to journalism in Central America. And I remember she called me at Walmart while I was shopping with my mom. I said, hi, Norma, what are you doing? Well, I'm at Walmart shopping with my mom. Hi, <laughs> Kalindo, you know. <laughs> she was just so sweet. So we chatted for a little bit as we were walking down the Walmart aisles. And my mom was like, who was that? That was Maria Martin. She co-founded Latino USA. Okay, mija. So, I mean... Again, you know, you, when she calls, you pick up the phone and you know you're just going to have a wonderful conversation. And she was just, you know, so understanding. Deborah, any, any final words about Maria? 
I just think that what she's doing was so valuable. At this point, I mean, it, it is people who have money who can go to college and learn to speak on the radio and tell their stories. And it didn't cost me any money or any of us any money to learn to do these things and to learn the things that are important, like, you know, the sound around us. And, um, I mean, the, the professionalism, she was strict. I will tell you, she was strict. <laughs> and she edited me over and over again. And she's, do you know why I did it like this? Because of that. And then when we would rewrite together, I saw the power of the new sentence or the new phrase that I was saying rather than what I had originally written. I I feel... Um, like I was given a gift. And I hope that everybody feels, all of her students, I've run into other people that are producing um, movies for KLRN and different things. And there's, oh, Maria Martin, she was my teacher. She was my teacher. So I think of her as a teacher. I guess that's what she really was. Deborah Ponce is a climate justice organizer with a nonprofit consumer advocacy organization, Public Citizen. Graciela Sanchez is the director of the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. Iman Saliba is the public relations coordinator at the Esperanza. We also spoke briefly with Angel Cantu, a former staff member with the Esperanza. They all took part in journalist training sessions with Maria Martin, the pioneering Latina public radio journalist who founded Latino USA. Martin died December 2nd in Austin. She had been living in and reporting on Guatemala while also training journalists at the Gracias Vidas Center for Media. Participants of the training sessions at the Esperanza produced a program called San Antonio Voices for Radio Esperanza, the low-powered FM community radio station at the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. It's hosted by Maria Martin. We've linked you to both episodes at tpr.org. A longtime friend of Maria Martin and fellow Chicano radio activist Julio Cesar Guerrero wrote a calavera, a type of lighthearted poem, to honor his beloved colleague. Here is La Calavera de Maria Martin by Julio Cesar Guerrero. Mira qué bonitas flores, mira cómo brilla el sol, tan coquetas de colores, what a beautiful glow. En un día como hoy, we lost a la mariquita, remember her tan bonita, era puro corazón. Simón, mis vatos locos, por la hostia del tejón, la calaca le echó el ojo and took away her microphone. Sana, sana, colita de rana, los ángeles le cantaban, but la muerte tan ingrata, las cobijas le jalaba. No se agüiten, no es el fin. Now there's a new generation of young people asking questions, gracias a Maria Martin. Fue un Thanksgiving season cuando a la vida dijo adiós, but she left a thousand reasons for us to be thankful for. Como buena jornalera, muchas semillas sembraba. Her truth now corre como agua, sin importar las fronteras. She lit thousands of mines por los caminos de Aslan, from the streets of the Bay Area to las faldas del volcán. Blanca Palomita, stop flying, párate en aquel nopal. Dinos donde María is watching con sus Betty Davis eyes. That was La Calavera de María Martin by Julio César Guerrero. You can find the text to the poem at tpr.org. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Marian Navarro. 
Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. <laughs>